0: Welcome, everyone, to the RK Holiday Gamescast, where we talk about the infinite amount of games that there are to play, and holy smokes, we're at episode 20. Now, you might be thinking, hey, that's not a big deal. There's a podcast with thousands of episodes, but I just want to say I live a crazy life do a lot of things. So the fact that we're 20 is a good sign <laughs> that I'm enjoying this and hopefully you are too. Um, and I appreciate all the listens and the love out there. <clears throat> this week, we're going to talk about an older game and it. It's it's kind of weird to say it's an older game, but we're also going to talk about a game that's called. Like we're gonna, we should probably subtitle these as a, a Coco game. My wife's name is Courtney. We call her Coco. That's all you need to know on that one. But she is a gamer as well. Grew up being a gamer. Um, actually, her 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 life growing up of kind of like in some th- like there's this one thing that I was jealous of her dad was a manager at Toys R Us, okay? Now, let's just talk let's just just pause right there. Okay? How cool is it to be a kid in the early to mid-90s and your dad is a manager of Toys R Us? So, like, she would just get all these games. Her dad was a gamer, but he would just bring in, like, different video games. Like, extra ones they got in the back, demos. Like, he'd bring on demo machines when they were done with them. Um, So I'm a little jelly of that. Now, I love my parents, and I had a great childhood and have wonderful parents and have zero issues with any of that So I don't want to downplay that. But what I do want to say is. Seems pretty rad. I kind of miss Toys R Us. Um, Was a a cool thing in the 90s. Being a kid. Where a kid can't be a kid. If I'm right. Anyway, so. This week we're talking about a game that is probably more loved. By my wife. Than myself. And she would say this is probably one of her. One of her favorite games of all time. And I can attest to, she's put a lot of hours into this game. <clears throat> a lot of hours. So this week we're talking about Fallout 3. And you may know it um, because of its predecessors. You may know it from... <laughs> just Just... Knowing about it because of other things in media, such as Fallout seventy six. You may know it because I say the name Bethesda, and if you're any any, any somewhat of a gamer, you're gonna know. Um, about the meme lords themselves. Which is kind of what Bethesda has come. And, and we, we might as well just talk about that really quick. <clears throat> Man, and I'm sorry I'm clearing my throat so much, gang. Uh, bear with me. I have no idea what's going on. I'm not a smoker. but um, But we do have like this air purifier thing. And I think it like helps the wife but hurts me. And if you are not married, that's marriage. Okay. Welcome to marriage. If you're if you just got married, you don't know about marriage. A lot of times things happen. Oh, let's get this new blender. And it's good for this person. It's not good for that person. Let's get this air purifier. It's good for that person. Not good for this. Let's buy this house. This person might be good for them. Maybe not good for this person. There's give and take. And this air purifier is a uh It's a give and take right now until we work that out. Anyway, I love my life. Uh, So post-apocalyptic action role-playing open world video game is about the best way you could describe this. Um, but Bethesda is known not for that. This was an IP that existed before they got their, their hands on it. Um, and they t- t- took this series into a direction. They really put it on the map. But let's talk about Bethesda. Let's talk about... I want to talk about Bethesda. I'm all, I, you could all... Maybe, maybe we should rename this episode. Instead of calling it Fallout 3, we just say, like, let's talk about Bethesda. And when I'm talking about Bethesda, there's they make a lot of games. They make a lot of games that I don't really play. Um... What's the one? Oh God. What's the one where they're, like, post-apocalyptic, but it's, like, Borderlands, but not? I think they make that one. I, don't, I hear it's not very good. They make Doom, which is, by all accounts, really fantastic. They're going to come out with a game called Deathloop. I think that's theirs. Um... But Bethesda I mean look we could talk forever about them they they started making or releasing games back in two thousand two Todd Howard is is the man there like for for this for this segment of Bethesda I want to talk about is Todd Howard and anyone under Todd Howard the other dude with gray hair that's like above Todd Howard. I don't know about him. I don't know the direction they're going in. I can't really speak to that. I haven't played a lot of the other games outside of the Todd Howard games. But as memeable and as buggy as the Bethesda games are, they are some of the best games. And it's like any studio you got your hits and then you got your misses. Um, but back in 2002, they released it Elder Scrolls III Morrowind. I didn't really play that game a lot. But I had a couple of friends who were like, dude, this game's pretty rad. This game's awesome. You know, and I took a look at it and I was like, ah, it's a little too dark for me. You know, that's not my thing. I was very much still in a, maybe a Zelda mindset. You know what I mean? Wasn't ready for the grunge in my games. But... Go on to 2006, you get Oblivion. I'm still not quite on board yet. I played Oblivion. I It was okay. I got bogged down in the gates. I was like, man, you know, these gates. Like, the, the dungeons were great, though. I mean, like, Oblivion was not bad. It was just something that I didn't put as as many hours into as others did. But the concept and the core of it was fantastic. I was like, wow, this is like like I don't love what they're doing. Like I don't love this world or like lack of guidance right now or something. I, I don't know what the I don't know what it was, but it wasn't for me in that time of gaming. And uh, at this point I was probably still like big into Halo. Um still really big into Final Fantasy. I don't think I'd played a lot of WoW yet, maybe some. But then we get to Fallout 3. And for whatever reason, Fallout Three hit in a way that w- was exactly what I needed. And Fallout Three was the last game I played on a CRTV. It was the last I remember playing it, and my girlfriend's time wife now's a little crappy apartment. <laughs> um on this old big TV and um I was playing it and uh, it was just it was the, you could tell that we were moving into like the next the next level. It, for me, some people could say that about Oblivion, and Morrowind and all that stuff, but like when we got to Fallout 3 this is the beginning. You had Liam Neeson, huge at the time. They got him to be like your dad in the game. He plays as a kid. He start out, you're your little Pip-Boy. Um, and they really, th- this form of game and style of game really resonated. We're still talking about Bethesda, so before we get to Fallout 3. Um, then Skyrim, okay. Uh, 2008, 2011, Skyrim comes out. Skyrim is a game... <sighs> It's it's one of the tops for me, guys. I know it's memeable. I know they release it on every system. I know it's like, dude, can you come out with another one, please? Like, my God, it's been 10 years. It's been 10 years. We need another Elder Scrolls. I get it. I get it. Elder Scrolls 4, 2006. Elder Scrolls 5, 2011. Elder Scrolls 6... May never happen... We I know... But things change... People get older... Um, video game companies change... And their product changes... Technology changes... And the technology at the time... Buggy Yes... like It was so freaking impressive... Those years... Fallout 3... 2011... Skyrim... Like that time... Buggy, yes, but dude, it was the best we could get out of Machines. Like, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, there was, okay, yes, are there better looking games? Probably more polished, like better working games? Yeah. But at what scale? The scale of these games were phenomenal. The internet boom was booming, but like, it hasn't, I don't know. Like, we weren't there yet. We were, we were about to turn the corner. And that may make sense to you. It may not. As far as like online games and like high fidelity online games and stuff like that. But they fell into a, a hole where you the scope of the game and the quality of other games around it. These were the best single player experiences. In my opinion. I mean, I've played Skyrim probably more than any other game. Maybe I don't know. I'd have to look at my Steam hours. You can mod Skyrim. I'm like my God, it, Skyrim is great. Skyrim's great. I'm sorry. You're like yeah, the dungeon could be better. Yeah, I get. I get the judgments, but there's been mods for all of that, and some would argue like, well, maybe Bethesda should make those mods. I agree with you. Yeah they there were some bad there were some bad decisions made at Bethesda, without a doubt. Maybe maybe bad decisions are still being made. As you may or may not know, Bethesda has been bought by Microsoft. And what does that mean? That means it could mean a couple things, but it definitely means you're gonna if you're gonna play Elder Scrolls or um in the future, or you're gonna play Fall Games in the future, or you're gonna play Starfield in the future, or anything they make, you're gonna have to do it on PC or Xbox, PlayStation. People, you're out. Hey, that's business. I mean, I like, that sucks. But I I, I wouldn't even see, like, it being... You know, I say that. I bet, I bet, and I could be betting wrong. Let's say Starfield comes out, it's amazing. Comes out on Xbox, everybody loves it. A year later, I could see it sneaking on the PlayStation. I could see it being, like, a timed exclusive. They won't tell you that, obviously. They want to sell those Xboxes, right? Um... But I could see that happening. <clears throat> but we'll see. we don't know. but um well, why don't we have another Elder Scrolls game yet? Here's why. Someone made the decision to come out with an Elder Scrolls MMO. Now, I'm sure, from a business standpoint, that probably still generates money for the cost. Um, it's probably profitable. I'm not gonna sit here and Google it, but it's probably profitable. I don't know how long. I mean, I don't know how much it takes to keep that thing running. But they kind of, they have enough DLCs now that um, makes me believe it's pretty profitable. That they come out with DLCs, they charge it, they people buy it, and I have friends who really like it. I, I just I don't know why I want to get into it. I want to play it. I want to I want to be able to do it for whatever reason. You know, it's on console. It's super accessible. But for whatever reason, Elder Scrolls Online is something I just can't get into. And I hate it. I I want to. Like, I want to. But if you come out with an MMO under a license that makes money... You're probably not going to put out another game to replace it. And you're probably not going to put out another game that would have online capabilities. Like a dream for me uh, would always always been like, man, what if what if Skyrim was like a a co-op experience? Like I wish it was. And they would argue, well, you got Elder Scrolls online. It's all the co-op you need. It's not the same, kids. Not even close. Does not feel the same. Does not look the same. Does not play the same. Um, and I think they people try to mod Skyrim, you know, to where you could do that. If you're here for Fallout Three, I apologize. We're gonna get to it. We'll go ahead and dig into it, but I just want to say, Bethesda, I hope, man, I hope it goes well. Like, look, <sighs> Bioware is another one where made fantastic games. That company's not even the same anymore. That's the way it goes. It's sad. As an older dude who's grown up with these titles and seen them like change and fall apart and seen like the games like try to live on the legs of the marketing and live on the legs of the older games, you hate to see it. You hate to see it. You hate to see, oh, here's a company that had a fantastic product at the time and now that product's gotten bad or worse or bad decisions and now they're they're like gone or like it's not the same team but i mean this is years long of people's lives so you can't you know if you're you're acing the whole developer and designers lead you can't blame them i mean people probably don't want to make a Fallout game for the rest of their lives especially creative people they want to move on to new new things um, but we'll talk about all these games, Fallout 76, Elder Scrolls, Blades, we'll probably talk about, we'll talk about Fallout Shelter, we're going to talk about all that at some point, they'll have their own episode, so I'm not going to go into Bethesda much anymore, we're going to we're gonna shift gears to Fallout 3, again, Liam Neeson was in it, um, you are a person who was born in a vault, we're not going to go into the whole story here, but you're born in a vault, the bombs have dropped, The style of this game is amazing. It's like a, you know, historical fiction. Um, and it really, if you like 50s stuff, if you like 50s styled cars, clothes, haircuts, um, that kind of like time period, um you know, American dream time period of the fifties pre sixties. Then. So that's the style, but then add in, um, sci-fi to that. So what if so you, so, so, okay. Fifties, but like their version of future technology. So essentially what you have is like, Walt Disney's The Carousel of Progress <laughs> which people freaking love I guess well I don't know about the ride but like the idea that people love you see some of that in like the Marvel movies like whenever Tommy Stark's dad is in there like you get like the some of like the old old looking tech people love that I, it's kind of a thing like that Aliens Isolation game I'll talk about that at some point too it's such a cool game because it's got like the the old looking tech, and it's weird that we're nostalgic for that kind of stuff. But because it, it's such a niche thing, it's fictional. It's not something that actually existed, but it's it's kind of interesting. Um, so you have like a you have a very interesting art style with Fallout, and part of me thinks like would it have been would it have been just or as more successful had it not been post apocalyptic. Just on style alone. Like, if it was like a Jetsons type thing, but with a more photorealistic art style, like a 50s future game. I mean, maybe it's like, is Bioshock like that? Kind of, maybe. Bioshock's a little more steampunk, maybe. I, I, I don't know. But that style, you know, my wife, she's super into that um, style, that time period. Um, so that's a, that's a win. And then you have like, um, it's so, so it's also cool that you're in a vault. You come out of the vault right here, you're You're growing up in this vault. You get out eventually. And when you get out, you realize like, oh, I'm in post-apocalyptic Washington, DC. Like that's a really cool, that's a really cool place to be. In a post apocalyptic world. Um. And then now pair that with like. Oh you can go anywhere. And kind of do anything. Yes there's edges to the maps. But the, the quest line. I don't. Man did I even finish the quest line? Did I beat Fallout 3? Maybe. Lord knows I spent tons of time in it. Um. But then you're you're out in this world, this wasteland, and you have like a, a radio. It's it's it kind of captures a lot of nostalgic feelings. If that makes any sense. And I think maybe it's for my generation. Like a new you could probably I don't know, you could probably put like a kid, like if I took a fifteen year old and I said hey sit down and play Fallout Three, I don't know if it would hit for him. Because the the little, there's little nostalgia with the art and the story and the vibe and the media of the game, like with the radio and it's, it's nostalgic and relatable enough to kids of the eighties, nineties, maybe even early two thousands. But I don't know if it would hit today, um, with, with kids. Maybe it would. I'm sure sure as a 15 year out there It's like Fallout 3 is my favorite game in the world I'm sure that exists Um, But you know you create your own character um, You can kill anyone (laughs) These games are so open It's one of the beautiful things about them Like NPCs you can just kill You can steal from anybody You can take a grenade and sneak And put it in somebody's pocket And they explode These games are very graphic, very violent But in a silly way even the violence in these games is lighthearted. You're in a literal wasteland of raiders and filth and radiation, and it's it's desolate at best. But there's a weird thing where it's still lighthearted, but it's not cheesy. That may not make sense. To you, if you haven't played the game, but like that, 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 there's just a sweet sauce that Fallout 3 called, and I give Bethesda props to that. They they caught something there, and the story was serviceable. It was fine. Like are overall, like we're gonna go try to find my dad. Um, but there's so many little stories baked in that it really is like an. It's a sandbox. It's like an open world sandbox. You know, you see those kind kinds of games all the time. Um, some of those feel stale. Some of those feel a little dead. Fallout 3, Skyrim, these kind of games, they feel, to me, very alive. Um, the NPCs are buggy, of course. The the NPCs and the gameplay is a little stiff. But again, for a period of, like, at the time, not so stiff. Maybe Starfield will... You know, maybe it's a new engine, maybe it's a much improved engine, maybe it won't be as stiff, I don't know. <laughs> now it's now we've gotten to a point where the stiffness is nostalgic, people. Like we're getting into a world where like going to be like, man, I want a game to feel like Fallout 3 did. You know how like it was kind of buggy and stiff? Like they don't make games like it anymore. <laughs> like people are gonna be like, put bugs in the game. Like that's gonna happen. I'm like, I'm like I'm like Predicting the future over here. I apologize. This is supposed to be about games. Um. But yeah, this this game, went bonkers. Um. Set them up perfectly to have Skyrim, which is one of the biggest games in the world. But um. Bethesda, there. You know, they're still under Zenimax. Zenimax is what got bought by Microsoft. And um. You know, they Fallout Three Two. They had a few different DLCs. This is, you know, this is a the DLCs and games have not died. They still happen. Like Valhalla has some that are coming out, and they seem very interesting. Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Um, but again, most it feels like we're moving away from DLCs. And, like, like these are live games. Like, people want to go live games and keep them a lot. Like, just keep them. Like, let's just keep putting the content out. Like, why create a new game from scratch when we can have a game like Fallout 3 where we just keep putting out DLCs, make it serviceable, um, update the engine. Like, we live in a world now with the Internet where people are getting good enough Internet and we're handling data better to where like you could just patch in a better version of fallout three. So it's, yeah, if you sit down, like we're, if we're in an office and I'm making this decision or I'm with some gamer people and we're like running a business and we say, Hey, do we want to make like, let's just high level. Do we want to make a fallout three, four and five over the next 10 years have to start from scratch, hire and fire new developers potentially um plan out dlcs make sure our technology is up to snuff and then support three of these in unison while then going on track to figuring out are we going to make a three more games of a different genre in the decade after that like time doesn't work like that like people don't no one lives twenty years at a time. Very few people live twenty years at a time. And if you have a team that can make a great game, that is a lot. Of, there's a lot of luck with that. There's this, there's a lot of planning and like I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna pe- pat people on the back for being able to do that, but I'm just saying things have to kind of come together. You know, in any creative like like. Uh, world or or product or project you can't plan it to death you can plan it but like it kind of has to come together um and it takes the right people to do that so so my point being is like right, do i sit somebody down and say all right next decade there's the three, next three games or let's make one game make it great and then like keep that core and then continue to build upon it and then now we're only supporting one game and all of our weight and stuff is on this one game and then we iterate we already have a template with others we don't have to be at that scale we don't have to be at world of warcraft scale you know we could we could keep a smaller scale and do it yeah people are probably gonna vote let's do the one game and see if it can last a long time that way if people get bored they leave but we can we can hire people in to keep the lights on easier than like create this from scratch. Um, so you know it's like any technology, like you're you're gonna have a hard time looking at the older hits to create the new big thing. So why am I saying this? I hope Todd Howard and Bethesda and the gang hit us with some new amazing stuff. I hope Starfield's amazing. I hope it releases. I hope Elder Scrolls Six releases at some point, and it's freaking amazing. But my expectations are low because it's a different world. They're under Microsoft now, who's notorious for mismanaging things or games and IPs. Look at Halo. Where's Halo? Halo was the, the king of the planet, and... Now it's barely limping in comparison um, to other shooters who are just like churning it out. Like they're not even in the game. It doesn't feel like, Um, and that might not be necessarily Microsoft's fault. But you know, at a certain point, you say, "Yeah, what's going on?" EA they buy stuff all the time and then dies out. So you you only get little windows in time and then new breed of people, new people come in and then they make like the next Fallout 3 and just the sweet sauce happens. You know, they're staying up late, working overtime and like this is their thing. Like if they could just make it good. I mean, I'm not saying Todd Howard's done and his team is done, but I don't know if their drive to make the best game ever is going to be as... As high as it was for Fallout Three and Skyrim. If anything, it's probably instead of them saying instead of like people around them and having this feeling and like Microsoft now they're answering to ZeniMax they answer to and like they come in and check on Todd and the team. You know, I'm sure at the beginning with Fallout Three and Skyrim's like you guys just do it. Like you know what we're going with, we're betting on you guys. Like just make, like we don't know what this is gonna be, but like then they they struck. Gold, and now I'm sure with Todd and the team, Microsoft's like, "All right, we need you to strike gold again. Strike that gold." Here's what our marketing metrics tell us about Starfield: is if you have A, B, or C, our consumer reports tell us if you have this and that, you're probably going to strike gold. If not, you might get some silver. But, at the end of the day, we'll still be profitable, so even if you can get silver, we're cool and so, look, this could be very wrong. I could be very wrong about this process, but my inkling is is that's that might be how it's going down um and so you don't you don't get to jam in your garage anymore, you know make music, you're not. You're you're older now. You're not with the times. Like there's a new generation behind you creating art and products of any kind. I'm not saying there's a limited window. You can be Todd Howard in his age, and they might come out with the best freaking thing I've ever seen in my life. That could happen. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I'm just saying it's not likely. I'm sure it'll be good. And I hope it's good. I only want good games. And and I'm behind Bethesda all the way. I played Fallout 76 for God's sakes. Okay? I'm committed. I'm committed. (laughs) I'm kidding. Anyway, all right. Well, Fallout 3 is a great game. What's it worth? I, I was in a... Where was I in my life then? 2009-ish. eight. I was about to get married. My wife and I love this game. Um, online games were a thing. They weren't nearly what they are now. Fallout 3 was a fantastic game for that. Um, is there anything I hated about Fallout 3? <sighs> I don't remember any bad things in Fallout 3 over encumbrance maybe I don't really mind that in games that much though what I love about it almost everything I've talked about already the nostalgic feeling the <laughs> the light hardness in a dark and desolate environment the like the different styles of play classes character creation um different paths you can take to Play the game well. All, a lot of those Bethesda games do that. You can be great at lockpicking. You can be great at hand to hand combat. You can go down those skill trees. I feel like I should have talked about Fallout 3 more. <laughs> I'm going to tag this one, actually. The episode I'm going to tag, I'm like Fallout 3, but also kind of just like a, Beth- a Bethesda Soapbox. Um, and that's it. True value of this game. I bet you can get this game for free on Game Pass. All this stuff's for free on Game Pass. So. What is that like ten dollars a month? So uh you you do the math on that. Um we'll see how much is Fallout 3? Like if I was gonna play Fallout 3 on uh, I think it's on PlayStation now. Now if you're gonna play on Steam. Um how much is it on Steam? It's ten dollars? For what you get, that's pretty good. I think $10 for the game and all of its DLC is probably fair. I think $10 is the most I would pay. Like I said, Game Pass is probably going to give you the whole thing. So if you're like, man, I really want to dig into this. Um, I would argue Fallout 3 was a better experience than Fallout 4. Although there were some things I really loved about Fallout 4. We'll talk about Fallout 4 at some point. Um... Yeah, if you never played Fallout 3 and you're like, I don't know what to play. It's a great game to play. Older, yes, but it's going to cost you hardly anything to, try to do a Game Pass trial, turn it on, get out of the vault. If you're out of the vault and it's been like an hour out of the vault and you're not into it, it's not the game for you. But by, if once you're out of the vault... You're going to know, like, is this a game that I'm really going to enjoy or not? Spend an hour outside of the vault. Oh, and pro tip, you can blow up a town. You can go down, like, an evil path and blow up an entire little town. So that was cool. Anyway, I hope you have a great day and a wonderful week. And uh, go blow up Megaton sometime. See ya.